0: Welcome to the Ag Advocate Podcast, advocating for farmers and ranchers and agriculturalists everywhere, because after all, everybody needs to eat. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us for Episode 3. My name is Jason Dyes, alongside Brooke Reiniger, and I started by asking young Brooke, it is that seminal moment that we all experience called the senior year. As the president of the Marion FFA, Let me tell you, first of all, that senior year goes by very quickly, but what's going on right now in the final spring semester of your senior year out at Marion High School?
1: It is no joke that it is flying for sure. It feels like August was just yesterday, and now we are in graduation year. In a couple months, I will be, you know, flipping my tassel. So that is kind of making me crawl on the inside because I'm not sure I'm ready (laughs) to like all of the things that worked the last 10 years on, not just the show animals in the barn, but like you said, FFA, it's hard it's going to be really difficult to say goodbye to that because uh, it really has shaped me into the person I am today. And with all of the people I've met and the things I've got to experience, I will definitely keep those things and cherish those uh, experiences close to me throughout my time in college and past that. But, you know, it's kind of sad. It's my last year as being a chapter officer. So, Really soaking all of that in. We had our last Christmas party that I'd be at, and it's it's kind of emotional. But I'm excited for what's to come, and excited to spend the next four years at Texas Tech in Lubbock. Oh,
0: all right. That's going to make our buddy Mandy Joe over at the co-op very happy. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, I will never forget uh, the uh, in 20. 20- Uh, 19. when the Texas Tech Red Raiders were in the Final Four championship game against Virginia, my only child, my beloved son Evan, walked into my studio and announced that he too was going to be attending Texas Tech, and then he had to leave so I could gather myself, realizing that he was going to be so far away. But I think you will really enjoy that, I think that's a great spot for you, given the experiences that you've had with agriculture. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about campus activity in a minute, but I want to turn back the time issue just yes. ever so slightly to earlier in your senior year. Marion High School is a stone-cold dynasty when it comes to FFA competitions. I had the pleasure of watching your big competition, a mock trial about real beef versus synthetic beef. Tell us a little bit about that for people that didn't get to and hear it, and how did you guys do at competition?
1: So in the Ag Issues Forum competition, we had seven individuals on the team, and it's, it's a contest where you talk about the pros and cons to a current issue or something that's being debated in the agriculture industry. And the topic we chose was, like you mentioned, Jason, clean meat versus synthetic meat, or some call it clean meat. Some call it cultured meat, lab-grown meat, cell-based meat, all of the different words that they have for it. But that's the, that was our topic, and so we talked about the pros and cons. And uh, really just our goal was to talk about or make our audience more aware of what was actually happening in grocery stores and what they need to look out for because some people just simply don't understand or aren't aware of what is going on with industry, and that's one of the things that's kind of been brought up and is super popular right now since it was passed on June 21st to sell um, lab grown chicken, actually. So you have to watch out for those things, but that's why we did those mock trials, which was also needed in the competition, so that we uh, made a portfolio to submit on the day of our contest. But we went to Sam Houston State University to compete on the state level and came back home pretty happy with how we did.
0: Very, very good. Now, see, I didn't even know that. So I'm going to be checking my chicken purchases at the grocery store very, very closely, although I will say I'm fairly confident our friends over at Grand Zines and perhaps Penshorn's out in Marion do not stock any lab-grown chicken. I did not even know that was a thing. That almost sounds like a Parody to me, So I'm so glad you made me aware of that because I do not want to be digging into any lab-grown synthetic chicken. I want to know that chicken once had feathers and was hopping around eating grain or whatever. So thank you very kindly for the heads up on that. Now, next up, also turning back the time clock to touch to November of last year, here in Texas – We had a – not a special election, but it was Election Day, and on the ballot was something called Proposition 1, a constitutional amendment in the great state of Texas that is for freedom of farming and ranching. And if you just did a double take, I am not misspeaking. Yes, I did not even know about this. I had no clue about it. Brooke, I assume that your family out there in St. Hedwig is just free to farm and ranch, that the state allows you to do that without any barriers being placed on your production. I did not know how easy it is for municipalities and other people to move in and acquire parts of your land or to limit what you were doing, but what really surprised me was how ignorant I was about Proposition 1, but how informed formed the opponents were, Proposition 1, the people that do want to limit farming and ranching here in the great state of Texas. And so I wanted to ask you, I know you mentioned you're moving on to Texas Tech. The FFA ends in high school. What is available to the college-level, university-level student that is akin to FFA that can continue to help advocate, hey, it's in the name of our show, advocate for farming and ranching?
1: Well, the first time, I'll start off with the prop one. The first time I heard about Proposition One and the right to farm was back in July when I spent a week at the Capitol with the Texas Youth Livestock and Agriculture Ambassador Program, which is great if anyone's interested in looking for something to do while they're in high school to advocate for agriculture, like the name of our show. So uh, that's when I first heard it, and, I mean, I was just shocked. I would have never thought that that people who own land would have to be checked off to be able to do such and such on their land to provide for the community and their families a reliable source of food. And I think it is crazy, and especially for someone who hasn't heard it, like you mentioned, you know, you were shocked as well. Someone who has just been really diving into the ag industry for the last two years like you said earlier, is, I mean, it's insane for me to hear that you are worried about it because the people like you is the one will really make a difference if they share their perspective on it, even if they aren't directly involved in it, as in ranching or farming. And so it's uh, definitely one of those things that we need to make people more aware of, once again, to get out and vote of, of their perspective, but it's wild that the people that own this land they still have to be verified to do what they need to do in order to supply for themselves and the community around them so it's something that you know i've been keeping up with but as far as going to college and still being able to speak on behalf of what i'm passionate about There are different organizations and clubs that I am very interested in getting involved in so that I can still have some type of platform and networking around me and other peers that see the same way I do and are as passionate about, you know, what we're talking about today so that I can still make an influence on people no matter where I go.
0: Well, I hope you do, and I hope you continue to bring others around you into that level of advocacy. We've talked about this on other podcasts that I do that are centered around agriculture. And it's not a knock on farmers and ranchers, but the reality is we talked about how I would love to see a a national federal holiday to celebrate farming and ranching, the great irony being farmers and ranchers would not get the day off. I'm guessing you had to go out yesterday on New Year's Day and take care of your animals. You don't get a day off on the farm and the ranch, and you really don't have a lot of time to go down and make a placard and stand in front of the beef council and yell and shout and make TikTok videos, it really is a small percentage of people that make the food for the majority of people that need to eat the food. And so I'm glad that you're going to stay very, very connected to all of this when you get up to Texas Tech. And I know for my part, I graduated from high school When I was 17 years old, I started my senior year, I was only 16. And so I could not, I could not vote. And it was an election year anyway in 1985. But it is an election year this year. And there are a lot of FFA members that are going to be old enough to vote in the election this year. uh, I hope that you will do everything you can to get every single FFA member that can cast a vote legally at the age of 18 in November to do so, because farmers and ranchers simply don't have the time to advocate for themselves. It is a very humble profession. It is a very humble calling when you're out there working the land, and I know you agree with me on that.
1: Yes, sir, and it's It's so true that you say that we just don't have enough time in a day to make those videos and share them. But it is definitely vital because social media is one of the number one news spreaders, and that's one way that we can definitely get some outreach. And so as much as I'd love to do that, if you ask my brother, he'll say that I just talk on and on and on with these people I've never even met. (laughs) And he's so true. But I do think it is because I don't feel like I do enough through social media platforms, or even, like you said, going in front of the Capitol or protesting. So that's why I talk to these people over and over, and for long periods of time, because I never know if that's going to be the last conversation we have. So as much as I can make an impact on them, I guess that's probably why I just run my mouth about these things that <laughs> <laughs> if they're so interested, I'm all in and sharing information with them as well so
0: well i want you to keep doing it i want you to keep doing it people always ask me if i'm involved in agriculture because i talk about the podcast that i do and i say well i eat every day so in that regard yes i'm absolutely uh, passionate about agriculture Uh, finally uh, i i know you don't do Rodeo, because you do more showings and judgings and things like that. But as we get into the early part of the year, there's a lot of big rodeos going around uh, the state of Texas and elsewhere. Uh, I know you've got some very close friends. I believe they're your first cousins that do rodeo. Same kind of thing. People that you'll see them when you go down to the rodeo. They're protesting. They're they're saying that the animals are being treated badly. Brooke, is it not true that some of these rodeo and show animals are treated better? eat better, and live better than a lot of upper-middle-class Americans.
1: Absolutely, Jason. You made a <laughs> point. I, I go over to my Aunt Nicole and Uncle Jake's house, uh, and the girls, Kylie and Kelsey, they're twins. They're my brother's age. And they are, I mean, just outstanding at what they do. But you walk into their feed room, and they've got all of the buckets lined out, My Aunt Nicole, she actually has a background in pharmaceutical sales and equine specifically, so she has all the ins and outs to what's healthy and good for the animals, and those horses are taken care of, I mean, just top-notch. It's incredible what she does to help them stay healthy, and so it's definitely not a cheap hobby as far as feed and just the horses in general, but they do keep their, from hair to their diet from how they're being exercised, I mean, that's their number one priority. So they are treated just outstandingly, and just it's great to see what they do to see them succeed because those girls are absolutely great at what they do. They just came back from Vegas. I'll brag on them for a second because they I'm just so proud of them, and they've even taken on leadership roles in their Region 6, which they're a part of, to be able to compete in what they love and they took on leadership positions and got office this roles so that they can also exert an influence in, you know, in the arena. And so I love to see it because they just make me smile. But uh, they had a very successful <laughs> run. Of the Kylie brought back quite a bit of cash. So I'm beyond proud of them. Shout out to Kylie Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Awesome. And, of course, I mentioned on the, on the setup that I, I met their dad over the summer because he came out here and saved me from the sweltering August heat when my air conditioner went down. And I will never, ever call anybody other than Reiniger Air Conditioning and HVAC. Maybe you can send us a picture of the young people with their awards, and we'll add that to our scroll on the episode description. Um, finally, uh, as you head into uh, the rest of the year, I know you've got a lot of great stuff coming up, but you mentioned something that I thought was so, so sentimental about your wrapping up your time in FFA. If you had to pick one thing, and I know it's not easy. Is there one event that you've experienced during all of your time, not just in FFA and all of your agricultural advocacy that you said, wow, I never dreamt I would do this. I kind of think I know what it is, but I wanted you to answer that question.
1: Well, I would have to say, you know, getting that acceptance email to go to Australia yes. that was a world changer for me, literally. I mean, going across the yes. world, my first time on a plane, I never expected myself at 17 years old to get up and get on a 16-hour ride plane over to a different country to experience agriculture, and I cried when I figured out I was going because (laughs) I never did expect it, and it was just, I had no words, you know, at the time because I couldn't believe that I had put myself in a position where I was able to accomplish that, and I was just so grateful, so blessed, just all the things in that moment.
0: Yep. You mentioned a 16-hour flight. I've been to Australia. I know how long it is. It's on the other side of the world. It's in a completely different hemisphere. Did you find, however, when you got down to Australia and you got to meet other farmers and ranchers who sounded a little different, spoke a little different, perhaps had different customs, that there really was a commonality, a brotherhood and a sisterhood, a fraternity and a sorority around farming and ranching that is probably the same anywhere in the world where it's done. Did you experience that?
1: You know, I did, and it is. It's like a brotherhood. They work together. Farming and ranching, it's not just a job. It's not just a source of income on a good day. It is truly a lifestyle, and especially... Farming and ranching, you know, it's a monopoly. One thing goes bad, and that could be it for the year. And you could have trouble, you know, raking in that income for your family and supplying for them. But since people like this know all over the world, those that are involved in farming and ranching, they have some sort of care for each other, and it's just like they know, you know, what's on the line. And I love to see it because it, it's a brotherhood, and, you know, it's like a right. some kind of, Organization That's worldwide, except we're all separate and we all do different things. But at the same time, we're like bonded in some incredible way. And it's kind of indescribable, but it is special. So I love uh, seeing that and how they interact with each other, those that work on the farm or the ranch together, because they're all working towards the same thing.
0: Absolutely true. Hey, my name is Jason Dias. Her name is Brooke Reininger. You've been listening to the Ag Advocate Podcast. And as we like to say here, we don't care who you vote for. We don't care what kind of beer you do or don't drink. In the next 10 days or so, you're going to need to eat. So until next time, we'll
1: talk to you soon.